Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Fun little uh, uh, message title. Today's message is called Silent Mode. Um, now, for those of you who might be a little uh, antisocial, I'm going to give you guys a little hack if you don't already know. If you guys have an iPhone, and I'm pretty sure Samsung, all that stuff does it too. Somebody's giving you a call. There's a little sleep button, and you can click that, and it'll keep ringing, but it won't actually make a sound. So they think they're still calling you, you're busy doing whatever, but you don't hear them. If you double-click that, it ignores them, and they know you're ignoring them. So all you have to do is click that once. But sometimes, we do that with God, and uh, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, If God were to come up to you, and say, hey, let's go grab a coffee. I'm headed down to White Hart, down downtown Lynchburg. I want you to come, because I have something to say to you. I hope you guys would bring a notebook. I know I would. That would be really exciting. I'd have all kinds of questions to ask God, and I'd be writing furiously. Yet, God is speaking to us every day, and we hit that silent mode. There's a couple of ways that people look at God speaking to us. Uh, Some of you guys might get annoyed um, at others when they say they hear from God, um, that God is telling them stuff. Or even worse, when they tell you, by the way, God told me to tell you that blah, blah, blah. Um, Oftentimes the answer is like, well, why didn't God tell me that? Why did he have to tell you? Sometimes um, you can... you think that you've heard from God before, but it just seems like he's not talking to you or you don't know if you would be able to hear his voice again or even know that it was him speaking to you. And thirdly, those that don't think God talks to people at all. Um, I know that some of my friends are uh, in that camp. I actually was talking about my sermon this week to a friend and uh, one of the things that he said was, oh, of course not. He doesn't speak to me. Um, I thought he was calling me to be a pastor, so I went to Bible college. I went through all of that, and I don't know, something didn't click. So I, I must have not heard from God. And I began speaking with him a little bit more, getting to the heart of the, that matter. And eventually we came to, he just believed that he wasn't important enough to hear from God. And that broke my heart. He believed that, you know, maybe he had just gotten his feelings mixed up. And there's no way that God could speak to him because he wasn't important enough. And I'm here to tell you guys that that's wrong. If you guys are struggling with that, that is patently false. God is speaking to you every single day. All you need to do is pick up the phone. I want to remind everyone uh, that Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And all relationships involve communication. It's a back and forth. We talk to God in prayer, and God talks back to us. If you'll turn to Revelations 3.20, God says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. So here, God is not just saying, I'm, I'm here, I'm knocking, I'm ready to go. 
but he wants to sit and dine with us. Not just, hey, here's what I want you to do. Go do it. He's not sending you a message. There's no letter that's coming to your door with uh, no return address. He's actually here with you. He wants to have lunch with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants a response. That relationship is important. And here in Luke 12, 6 through 7, he says, this is Jesus speaking, Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Each one of you is valuable in God's eyes. And I wish that I had remembered this verse when speaking with my friend directly. I just kind of gave him general encouragement. Um, But here, God is saying, even the sparrows, which are not worth barely anything, you are worth way more than that, and God even cares about the sparrows. So how much more does God care about you? We're going to take a look at a couple of instances of God speaking to us so that maybe we can get a little bit more, uh, a better understanding of how to hear from God ourselves. Maybe uh, take that silent mode off of our phone. Actually, that reminds me. I'm going to put silent mode on my phone. (laughs) Because I'd rather no one else call me. Um, Thanks, God. (laughs) So uh, we're going to talk about Samuel. And uh, if you guys could turn to 1 Samuel 3.9. So a little background for Samuel. His mother was praying for a son, praying, 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 and nothing was coming. And she went to the temple, and she was praying fervently to God. And she said, if you will give me a son, I will give him uh, back to you. I'll have him serve at the temple. And God looks down and says, I love your faith. And she gives birth to a boy. That boy's name is Samuel. And Samuel, is uh, once he is weaned, he's taken back to the temple. And he begins to work with the high priest named Eli. One night, uh, as Samuel is very young, Uh, he hears Samuel, Samuel. Now, Eli at that time was starting to lose his sight, so Samuel thinks, oh, I need to go help Eli. So he runs into Eli's room and says, I'm here. And Samuel, or uh, sorry, Eli says, I didn't call you. I'm sorry, just go back to bed. So Samuel goes back. He sits down on his bed, pulls in the covers, and he's going to go back to sleep again. And he hears it again. Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel gets up, runs to Eli. He says, I'm here, I'm here. What do you need for me? And at this point, Eli begins to suspect something. He's like, I didn't call you. Something's going on. This must be God. And here, in 1 Samuel 3.9, he says this. uh, When God speaks to you again, answer. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In looking at this verse, Eli is telling Samuel to reply in a very specific way. First, he calls him by his title, Lord. We need to understand that while there is a relationship, God is still God. That uh, initial understanding is important. And then he says, for your servant is listening. 
Not only do we need to understand God's place, but we also need to understand ours. We are a loved servant, but we are a servant of God. God is not here to give us suggestions on maybe the best way to do things. God knows the best way to do things. And when he talks to us, he's giving us the best route for us because he deeply loves us. And this is what Samuel does. And Samuel is able to uh, get a word from God and he's able to continue to grow up. And Samuel goes on to do many great things. Some of you might recognize the name. He is a great prophet and begins to serve some of the most powerful kings in Israel. So, uh, how do we put ourselves in a spot where Samuel was to begin with? Um, It specifies here as well that Samuel didn't recognize the Lord's voice because he hadn't really had interactions with him yet. So, in this, this is kind of like a a non-Christian or somebody who's new to God, uh, new to the Christian faith. Here, Samuel... uh, doesn't know what he's looking for, isn't even looking. So for those of you who might be in that situation, this is for you. Or some of you who might not have heard from God in a while. Samuel is putting himself in a quiet space. Um, Again, God is constantly talking to us, but we need to be tuned into his station. And a lot of times, it's hard to do that with our busy life. Samuel would have been running around, helping out Eli throughout the temple, um, doing prayers, watching how to do sacrifices so he could learn that himself, um, maybe cleaning up the uh, gold lampstands, spit cleaning them, whatever he needed to do. And he was busy. But right before bed, he had a moment of quiet, and that's when God spoke to him. He had calmed himself down, and he was listening. That's it. He was in a position of listening. He knew if Eli called him, he needed to go help him because Eli was blind, and he was quiet. That is key number one. We need to quiet ourselves down and get out of the loud, noisy hustle and bustle. God is just waiting for us to slow down and be quiet so we can hear him. The most important thing that you can do as a Christian is to hear, obey, and respond to the voice of God. Your future, your choices, your perspective all depend on the voice of God speaking to you. We need to hear from God because of the many decisions we make day to day. Important things like school, uh, what school to go to, is she the one or is he the one, Uh, is this the right job, should I retire now? These are all questions that we can ask God and God can give us answers to. Um, but if we don't quiet ourselves and listen for that, oftentimes we can miss the answer. The other thing is we need a hunger for God. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And in Psalm 42, 1 through 2, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, For the living God, where can I go and meet with God? So here, uh, David is kind of struggling with the same thing. How do I get deeper into you? I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I want more. And here he is struggling with that. He's hungry. 
He wants more. And this is also the position that we need to be in. David very definitely heard from God many a time. And uh, this was the position that he was in all the time, that hunger after God. When we have big decisions to come up, oftentimes we do go hungry to God, but we often give up so easily. Not everybody. Sometimes you just push and push and push, and eventually God does give you something. But I know for me, oftentimes when I would go through things, like when I was trying to figure out what college to go to, I'd be like, all right, Lord, I'm going to quiet myself down. I'm going to pray. I'm just going to wait. And then 15 minutes later, I'd be like, well, I didn't get anything from God. I need to go do something. And I would go off and do it. And then maybe two weeks later, I'd be like, huh, I still haven't heard anything from God. I think this is probably the right way to go. I don't know. Maybe I should quiet myself down. And I would pray, close my eyes. Yeah, still nothing. And then just go off and go about my day. That hunger needs to drive us. We can't just, if you are hungry and you're sitting in line at McDonald's, it's going to take maybe five minutes to get through that line. You can choose to leave the line or you can just wait it out. Now, McDonald's is fast, five minutes, but God oftentimes is not going to give you your answer in five minutes. If you're willing to just wait, go through the line, eventually you'll get your order. Oftentimes, we just leave. After we've even paid, we forget. Ah, it's fine, I'll go somewhere else. And that hunger is never fulfilled. If we keep with that hunger, it will be filled, just as, uh, as it was for Samuel. Next, we're going to talk about Elijah. Now, Elijah was in a very different spot from Samuel. Uh, Elijah, at this point that we're going to pick up in, he had just faced off with uh, hundreds of prophets, or uh, not prophets, but uh, priests of Baal. And he had challenged them because Israel was following, following a wicked king and his very wicked wife, and they had started to follow a false god, Baal. And uh, Elijah basically walked up to them in defiance and said, I follow the one true God. Bring all of your priests and prove to me that Baal is real. If you can prove it to me, Israel can follow Baal. That's fine. I won't put up a fight. But if my God, the one true God, shows off his power, Israel needs to follow my God, the one true God. And he goes up there, and God shows his power, and the priests of Baal are sent running. Um, however, the queen, and this is kind of interesting, so Elijah has just done this great and mighty deed. He's listened to God. He's gone out and done what God needed him to do. Uh, the queen says, I'm going to kill you, and he turns around and runs. I don't know why he didn't trust God for that, but that's a story for a different message. Um, but he ran and ran and ran, and eventually he gets so tired that he's just ready to collapse. And he falls asleep, and God is there. Uh, there's an angel of the Lord there, and he gives him supper, and he says, get up and eat. Um, but uh, we're going to pick up later 
after that. So Elijah has been put into that state of hunger, not by his own choice. He ran and ran and ran until he got so exhausted that he had nothing but that hunger. He was in the middle of the wilderness, so he was in that quiet. Again, not really by choice. He hadn't like, all right, Lord, I'm going to put myself in this place of silence and just wait. No, he was running away. He was in the middle of the desert, just hiding out. And again, he was hungry. He hadn't had all that much to eat. He kind of just left with what was on him, and that's it. So he's hungry. He is in a place of silence. And in 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12, this is God speaking. So he said, Go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by. And a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a gentle blowing. Here, he's in a place of quiet He's hungry. He wants to get something. He's not necessarily hungry for God in this, this situation, but he is wanting. At this point, he thinks that uh, Israel is just hopeless. God showed off his power, but it doesn't matter. Israel's not going to listen. He's the only true believer in God, is what he feels. And he's looking for God for answers. What am I going to do? The queen is going to kill me, and I'm the last one that believes in you. And God comes in a whisper. He's shown his power, but that's not how God speaks to him here. It's a gentle whisper. You have to focus on hearing God's voice. You have to lean in and get close. You have to listen to that whisper. That's why it's so important to get quiet, to pull yourself out of the hustle and bustle of the day, and sit. God often whispers encouragement. God often whispers warnings. He whispers directions. And he whispers dreams or aspirations. Here, God gives kind of a little bit of both, or all four, to Elijah. He whispers encouragement. You are not the only believer here. In fact, I will rise up people that will help you in leading Israel. He gives some warnings. Yes, the queen is out to kill you, but I will protect you. He gives some direction. Elijah, this is what I want you to do. Go out and do it. And lastly, God whispers dreams and aspirations. Israel will again return to me. These are things that we also get. When we are hungry, when we are down and we just need encouragement, oftentimes God will give that to us. When we need direction, God gives that to us. When there's something coming up and we need a warning, God will speak that to us. And when we are looking for something, something to get us through, God will give us a dream or aspiration that we can look 
forward to. Now, oftentimes, you might look at Pastor Lily or the elders or Virgil. I know he's not here, but um, for me, I often talk about hearing from God. It's not as if we have a secret phone line, uh, like the president has the big red uh, phone, is in all of the uh, military bases. We don't have that. That's not how it works. We have to do the same thing. We have to quiet ourselves down. We have to have that hunger for God. We have to wait. We have to listen. Instead, it comes from practice. And oftentimes, it's not something big. It's small little things. And you need to pay attention to that too. And it's important to practice hearing from God's voice. How often do you move away from the hustle and bustle to talk to God? In Mark 1.35, it talks about Jesus' routine. In the early, early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. So what are the things that Jesus is doing? He's getting up really early, no hustle and bustle. He goes away from his disciples into a secluded place. And there he waits and he's praying. Oftentimes throughout the Bible we'll see he, he goes out and he'll be there for hours at a time. How often are we doing this? How often do you guys get up in the morning and just sit there, even for, it might scare you guys, some of you guys are morning people. How often do you even get up for five minutes just to read the word before you go to work? Maybe 15 minutes. Maybe five minutes is pushing it. I don't know. It is for me. <laughs> I have to wake up like an hour early to get enough head start to my day to kind of get into the word oftentimes. But how often are we doing that? We see that Jesus is able to do that every morning and he's the greatest of all of us. So I think we should look to him to hear from God. But also, if you guys haven't been hearing from God, also know that God's words aren't wasted. You haven't missed out on the opportunities that God has for you. He is still waiting at that door, knocking, waiting to be let in, waiting to have that meal for you. In Isaiah um, 55, 10 and 11, it says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and the bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. God will whisper God will whisper encouragement. God will whisper warnings, warnings. He will whisper directions and he will whisper dreams and aspirations. And what he tells you, God's word will not return to him without completing what he wanted it to do. And as you guys are going out as you're practicing this throughout the week, I want you to know one 
God loves and cares about you, and he is ready to speak to all of you. Two, how to practice that, even, uh, by getting into a secluded place, quieting yourself down, being hungry for the word, and waiting for it. But also, encouragement that even if you missed what God said, you can keep coming back and asking him, because he's willing to do that. Which, thank the Lord for that, because I'm not perfect. And I've missed a couple of things that he said. But if I keep coming back, keep coming back, eventually I'll get there. And he's willing to wait on me. If you all would bow your heads. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.